Hello and welcome to episode 46 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to inspire you to build your business your way. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. Today, I am joined once again by the delightful Yasmin Mirdamad, social media specialist at Her Business, Aloha Social Marketing. Welcome back to the show, Yaz. Thank you. Good to be back. In the last episode, listeners, Yaz and I explored everything hashtags, how to use them within your business and how to build a strategy for them. So if you missed that episode, go and have a little listen. And today we are talking all about you and your business, Yaz, which I'm really excited to hear about. So should we kick off with kind of what started you to create Aloha to start with? Do you know, it's a funny old journey, really. I started off by... I think it's quite common, like I was working in corporate, well, let's start from the very beginning, actually, I went to London to find myself. And, uh, you know, from Dorset, I've been Dorset all my life, lived in a few other countries along the way, um, like Australia. So I was very well traveled, like my mum liked to take me off, you know, single mum, so she quite enjoyed like taking me away from my, from, from everything and all the stresses and stuff. And, And, you know, we lived in a couple of places, which was great. And then, um, so yeah, kind of since, since then I was in Dorset for my whole life, apart from that, and then went to London, um, after graduating from uni, typical, I was in that point, I think where uni was like, I went to uni, didn't really know what for, like I wanted to go into originally television and media and I thought, oh, I'll do media studies degree. Like no one could seem to help point me in the right direction. So I just ended up doing a degree, um, I took it very seriously. I tried my best. I tried to get as much as I could out of it, left and then realized, oh, you probably should have gone and done an apprenticeship in a studio somewhere, you know, when you're 18. I was like, okay, never mind. So I worked in a bakery for a little bit, then got the kick up the ass, which was like, what are you doing with your life? Uh, Because I was like 22 and I loved working in a bakery. I was like, this is great fun. Um, You know, and I'd always worked since I was 14. I always had a job. Um, and then anyway, that kick up the arse meant I went to London um, with some savings and I basically was just like, I got an internship at a music studio uh, working for free. And then I worked in a bar at night. It was great fun. Did it all, I think, for eight years, worked my way up that very same company. Um, and then I realized there wasn't really a future in me, which was quite a sad um, future, not in me a future in the business I hope that I had a future but there was a future um, there was no future in that company I was working for and I thought I could feel it kind of naturally coming to its end even though I was in a bit of denial about it um, and I gradually went part-time and then was trying to figure out what my next business venture what I could do next and I just knew I loved working for myself I knew that London wasn't really working for me health-wise. I developed a chronic cough. I'm chronic asthmatic. Um, the lifestyle wasn't good, really. I needed to be in fresh air. I could just feel that in my body, really. And um, which, and then suddenly one day, I just took on a couple of clients for some very light social media work that I just sort of did it because my history was in events and marketing. And and then someone one day literally went, "Oh, you know what you should do?" And I went, "What?" And I went. You should, uh, you should, you should do social media for a living. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "I can't do that for a living." <laughs> and it turns out you can. 
So um, Aloha was born about four months after that conversation, um, which, by the way, I was on holiday at the time. And my, my stepdad was just basically said that. I just said, what are you doing? You know, why don't you do that? And Aloha was born. And here we are. <laughs> I love the fact that you're, you're triggered to actually do the business. Like you were, you were already doing it, but you're triggered to actually address it as a business with two people going, what are you doing? Literally, I was just sat there like, oh, I could have a shop selling eco products, you know, and spend hundreds of thousands of pounds getting that set up and ready. Anyway, no, this, uh, the answer was staring me in the face. So it just shows you, doesn't it? <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? But sometimes I guess you don't really see what it is. You don't always see what you're capable of in other people's eyes until they tell you. Exactly. And I feel like that was so ironic because <laughs> I was giving other people advice at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey. We've all been there. I'm sure that literally everyone, everyone listening can be like, yeah, I don't take my own advice. <laughs> no, I can dish it out, but I can't eat it. <laughs> How funny. I love that. I love the fact that you've had such a had such a variety already from like the traveling and then I mean I can relate to your uni experience (laughs) and then having quite exciting jobs like in my mind one working in a bakery very exciting minus the gluten um but then working in like events in the music industry because that wasn't like it was a short-term thing for you if you were there for eight years that was quite a substantial time to then maybe come to this realization that it isn't working for you was very sad and I'm very loyal as an employee I always have been um I've even like when I used to live in Australia and like I hated leaving things leaving things was not really for me I don't give up I don't leave I don't accept the end really in any circumstance so I think for me to accept that was huge and even I think like I was a bit of a pain in the ass with the company by then so they could see I didn't really want to leave but I had to kind of leave and they're like well what are you doing what do you want because I was like I want to be part-time no I want to be I want to be flexi and they're like what do you want so I think like I had some really amazing I always was very lucky with managers and we got on very well um and you know it was always really nice ending and I'd actually been made redundant before with the same company and then brought back so I yeah there's it was a very up and down journey it was very um at the start psychologically damaging actually as a role I suffered a breakdown I think when I was 26 or 24 I was 24 26. yeah it was all um between that period I think I, I think I was 24 uh that just made me have to stop I had to take four months off everything I was like ah. Oh, it's too much. I uh, felt a bit claustrophobic within my own self. Something wasn't right. Um, and I think, you know, that's quite natural, actually, for young women. I've realized um, young women age 20, between 24 and 26 do often uh, reach burnout. Um, and that's a huge thing. And I, some, I hats off to people who can work, work, work like a machine and not be mentally affected by it. But I think I just wasn't one of them. I was working like a machine and I couldn't cope. <laughs> I think it's interesting though, isn't it? Because like similar to you, I don't like letting go of things. I don't like things. Like, I don't like leaving things unfinished necessarily. And when I'm passionate about something, <laughs> boy, am I passionate. Yeah, I know, right? And you just kind of want to throw everything at it and I've hit burnout a couple of times and I can see looking back I mean looking back you always can can't you looking back you can see the signs of where it was happening but 
similar to you in other aspects I didn't realize that I'd hit burnout until I until I was lecturing my boss at the time for working at midnight and then burst into tears because I realized that was exactly what I had been doing (laughs) I know and like no but no one stops you though no and that's where a manager should come in a manager should be there to say stop you're working too much but no, sometimes, you know, unfortunately, some people will just let you keep working. And Well, and honestly, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think I would have listened. Well, to be fair, probably yeah, not. So, you know, we've got to take some responsibility for this. Hindsight is amazing, right? Like, and, you know, you realise as well, at the time, like, like, I think we're very similar in that way. Like, the time you think, this is what I should be doing. I'm supposed to be working my ass off for nothing. <laughs> like, you know, not there's no... There's no raise that hand there's no bonus I'm just running myself into the ground for the sake of it and then I realized when I stopped the world didn't stop and no one really missed me that much in a nice way I was doing a good job but I felt like oh my god I can't let people down and then nah, no one really cared everyone moves on that's one of the harsh things I learned was that people move on and you know people miss you at the time of course but you know, like I said, it's eight years. It wasn't, you know, it's been like a relationship. It was like saying goodbye. So everything I'd also worked for, I went to London not knowing a single soul, not having a job. Well, worked, worked in the bar, but no career. Um, and I made all those connections. I made them myself. And it was like so nice. And like I said, looking back, this this episode, I think we said, was all about looking back. And actually, I haven't really talked about that part of my life for a very long time, mainly because it's so bloody long. But the... But <laughs> But, you know, there is a sentiment. It was the end of a chapter and the start of a whole new one that I felt was very difficult to let go of. Yeah, I find it. I find it fascinating, to be honest, because like, I mean, we know each other anyway. We have done in small business community and circles and whatnot. But um, I find it really interesting because I've never had this side of your journey before. And seeing your business and knowing what you stand for and your values and the way that your business, which we will come to. Um, and hearing that you were like living that London life and bartending and music industry and events and all of this, it just, for me, it's just, it's fascinating to hear that side because I know the business that you have now that you've developed. So yeah, I just, it's It's almost everything that isn't as well. It's so funny. It's the complete polar opposite. Like, and I did like, I'm a true, like I'm, I'm, I'm proper Pisces. Like I am a fish in every way, shape or form. I love the ocean. I love everything to do with the ocean. Um, and yeah, I think I was truly a fish out of water. Like looking back, it was like when you first got there to London, like, wow, this is so cool. Like I'm doing everything. I needed to do that anyway. I think everyone needs to find out what they like. Um, you need to know if you're a sissy person or not. I loved it at the beginning. You know, every night was different, mainly because I didn't have a career. So I was free to do whatever the hell I wanted. Like I was going to gigs every night. I was meeting so many people. I was doing extra work. I was in some movies like that. I Unfortunately, they cut me out. I don't know why. But they, I was like, what's the dancer in the background? They cut me out of it. But, you know, I've got a, a history in entertaining. Um, and I wanted to, I was venturing in all these different avenues to see which one works, you know. I was doing music video uh, extra work and I was a sax player. So I was doing gigs at the Hippodrome randomly. And one thing would lead to another. It was very random, but it it was, it's great to say I've done it and I'm ready to like now sit back and do my own thing. I still think it sounds like there was a lot of flow to it, which is something that I feel like we'll come to with the rest of your business. But I feel like you still had that sense of flow that was still true to yourself, which maybe explains why you were there for so long. 
because eight years is a long time to do something that feels and yeah oh yeah it flowed it definitely flowed and it just went really fast to be honest I think like it's like look back I was like what the hell were I doing for eight years but I was building a career and then unfortunately realized at one point that I saw people rising up in that business I was working in and they were just not who I wanted to be they were like stressed they never saw their families they were unhealthy they were always about to lose their job the high, it seemed the higher you got and it was an unhealthy atmosphere even though I I worked with students um so I worked once I was with artists and then it kind of evolved the same owner who owned that owned what well, owned the studio where I worked with the sort of that side of things then owned a university music university so I ended up kind of working in both and then eventually purely working in the other one in music education and I found that I just loved it because I was working with Um, unsigned artists who were really trying to be something and I really loved being part of that journey and I would help them with the live gigs and the marketing side and help them actually market themselves um, as artists as well as putting on you know freshers week and and you know gigs throughout the year and it was just so lovely to be part of that and that I didn't want to leave them to be honest like I still have relationships with them all every single one I've worked with are like uh, yeah I've got them and we talk all the time not all the time but like in rotation obviously I don't have that much time but um it's it's nice and you know that means that shows you shouldn't regret anything yeah absolutely and there's something that I'd love to pick up on there because I feel like at least some of the listeners will be able to appreciate some of the things that you were saying there so when you were talking about seeing other people progressing either past you or progressing in a different way and you could see how unfulfilling it was for them do you think that that was part of the deciding factor that made it easier for you to choose to leave and kind of what was that decision process like when you were like actually now is the time for me to go part-time yeah it's a good one it's very difficult actually like I think I just saw that these people weren't like and money doesn't really mean much to me it's, uh, obviously it means something to me but it's not my priority for me it's like satisfaction job satisfaction and happiness before money um I believe you can be broke but still be really happy in some way shape or form you know I do um um, and I think yeah I just saw I saw that happening and as I was moving up nothing was really getting better to be honest like I was moving up and I was like wow I'm more stressed than I've ever been but surely in my mindset I was like you work your way up so that you can you know eventually you live the life you want to but I didn't see it going that way um and I think that was yeah like I said that, that I think I gradually dis- disconnected myself by going part-time um and you know taking on some other projects at the time to help ease into something else that was a clear sign for me and I sort of did that without knowing that I wanted to quit at the time I just did it because I was like this is the solution for now and I will reach another solution I'll see where it goes because I it's very difficult because although a lot of people say you know what you've got to leave your job to leave all this room for something else to come in. And I, although I'm a believer in that half, like 50, 50, I also believe a transition period has to happen. You have to have that, like that half a room, half let, what's it called? Like one, one leg in the door and one leg out. That's what you have to have. I do, if you can, and then the rest kind of follows. Yeah. I think that that's absolutely fair. And I think that it sounds like it must've been really tricky because you were in between the whole, I really want to stay here for what it was, but I can see where it's going. But yeah, 
It's interesting. I, I'd love to talk more about kind of your business that we're at now, which is cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not about that. That thing. So you had a few clients before, almost before you became a business. Yeah. I only had like two, um, two little clients that were great. Uh, I'm still with one of them today. And yeah, it's, it's, it just started off like a little seed. Um, I didn't have a website at that point or anything like that. I was just sort of like someone that someone knew, you know, the kind of referral thing, someone that someone knew I was that person. Um, and then I fully sort of, I didn't need to invest, um, money into it as such. I needed obviously for marketing assets and a website, but I just needed to invest in time and commit myself to something. And I'm always like, I've always had my finger in a lot of pies. I'm actually quite capable of capable of doing different things. It's just a case of which one do I go down. And one of my weaknesses is actually doing too much at once. And that goes back to when I sort of first moved to London. I'm trying to do everything and see which one works. I realize now I'm older and wiser that you need to concentrate on one thing <laughs> um, to make it work. Um, and that's only really a mindset I've, I've adopted really this year, I think. Or, no, well, not this year, last year in 2020. And that's when I put everything, all my energy in. Um, and also my mum was kind of a big inspiration because she left the NHS. She was a nurse and she left the NHS after a long time to do aesthetics. So the next best thing, Botox and fillers. And, you know, she loves stabbing people in the face now. But she started off with you know, literally one client and she'd left everything she knew for that long. And now she's got so, I mean, she's got, I do her admin and she's got something like nearly a thousand clients on rotation, but like, I'm like, wow, that's in 10 years. So I, I have that reference to know that event, you know, things take time. And I remember she had like nothing. She had like no clients. She, no one knew who she was and she's gained that reputation over the years which is so credible, but, you know, made me realize it's not going to happen overnight. Um, And also I do think people need to go in thinking, what is success for me? What's success in the next stage? Because success, I realized, like, that's why I went to London. I was like, I'm going to make it myself a success. I didn't know what it was. What is success? (laughs) It means something different to everyone. So, you know, that's important to, to have in mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think success is such a tricky thing because we rarely start, we rarely define success for ourselves when we start out, but we deem other people successful without actually knowing what it is. Exactly. You're like, oh, what? someone looks like they got, you know, everything might not, necessarily, I don't know. It's, a, it's like you said, it's very, it's, a, it's more of a psychological aspect, isn't it? But that's so important to work out, like what success is for you. Yeah, absolutely. Success healthy it can be success is having a family or success can be you know having your own business talking about successes it'd be awesome if you're happy to share some successes that you've experienced along the way between starting your business and now well that's a good question okay so successes would be obviously getting some more clients that I that I wasn't the person that the person knew so it was all organic so gaining some traction from people I didn't know or had no connection with was really scary, but really interesting for me. And that was a sign that something I was putting myself out there and something was coming back, which was good. Um, a lot of everything I did was actually, I learned myself or I did a top up training course at Bournemouth Arts Uni. 
So I did do an evening school to make sure that what I was doing was up to date because was, as we know, things were changing. And I was still, I was very new to entering this industry on my own. Um, so I think doing that in itself was, was quite successful. Like taking that, that, I don't know, that risk and that step into doing a course and investing that is a really good sign. And I think that in itself was a success because it set me up and I actually met some great people. And one of my clients I met through that, which is lovely. So it was, I think in that in itself, I was hopefully, I think, a sign for success. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the flip side, because we know it can't all be good, have there been any hardships that maybe you weren't expecting that surprised you along the way? Hmm. Oh gosh, I know I should be more prepared for this, but like, oh my God, there's probably quite a few. I reckon like, that's it, like the doing it all yourself. I didn't quite realize how much I would have to do myself. Also at the beginning, I probably didn't actually have a strategy or a business strategy in place. I learned that probably a little bit too late. I learned that down maybe in April and I launched in January. Everything in business, I've got no one really to turn to for advice at that time. So it was all on my own. It was all like, where do I begin? I'm just going to go with my heart and and, that, and my creativity and let that drive it forward. But I think, yeah, I didn't have a business strategy. I didn't approach things. I'm very like creative. So I guess that was me not applying myself in the way that I should have perhaps. But now I do. And now I know I've got my business hat on um, a lot of the time. So I can be everything now. And I can actually take account, like be accountable for my business a bit more so than I did when I started. It's so funny, isn't it? Because you go into a small business knowing that you're the only one in it, but you don't quite realize quite how vast that is. It's like all the marketing, even though I am a marketing person, you know, my time is spent mostly doing it for other people and then doing it myself. I would get really, do you know what? I did it a big low, I think, um, last year. And it was the it was coronavirus. So I didn't really take that as a as an excuse. I was like, no, people are out there. I'm just not reaching them. And I don't know why. And I was like, I kept pushing myself to do marketing. I was like, got to do a newsletter, got to do this, got to do that. Got, and everything was just so pushed. And I just remember working night and day, not really know what I was working for, to be honest. It wasn't like, that was when I was at my quiet period. And I was like, I'm just doing all these things. We'll see if any of them actually come into play. Um, and I felt a bit lost. I think uh, as a business owner, one of the toughest things doing it on your own is not having anyone to turn to, just to bounce off bounce ideas off I paid someone now to have a conversation with them about business I genuinely would I'd be like can we just talk about business what ideas do you have like I realized the value in having that partner or someone within within the business with you to guide you that's part of that growth strategy as well I think that's when you know you kind of need to bring someone on board yeah I agree I think that there's a lot of merit to I mean there are different ways that you can approach it you could talk to someone else within your business community you could join a community you could hire a coach you could hire a strategist like there's so many different ways that you can do it but when you don't know what those different ways are particularly when you're early on yeah Arkham's making noise in the background um especially when you're early on and you're like I I can absolutely resonate with how you're feeling there because it was it's that feeling of just churning and making noise and feeling lost 
Totally. You put it perfectly, much better than I am. That is totally exactly what it was for you. But yeah, I mean, it can be a really difficult period of time, but I just, you know, if any of you listeners out there are feeling like that at the moment, honestly, you're not alone and you won't, like, I'm sorry, but it won't be the last time you feel like that. But find someone that you can talk to or, you know, talk to yourself or journal or whatever it is that helps you through because, yeah, it's not forever. No, it's not. And it's all part of it. Embrace it. Embrace the lows. I realized that when I was quiet, I was like, right, embrace it. Take a step back. What can I be doing at a time like this? Like pretend like, I I think I said to you before, I was like, fake it till you make it. So I was like, when people would like to book in a call with me, I was like, yeah, I'm quite busy this week, but let me see what next week looks like. I I don't know why. I don't even know where that I got that from, but I just was like, I don't know if it's from the music industry. I was like, fake it till you make it hundred percent. You know, even if you're not busy, have the mindset that you're busy or have the mindset that you, people are at your door. Think like that. And I do think like it, people go, oh, you're not as available. Okay. That's something that has kind of kept me ticking along the way. (laughs) I think that's interesting because I think that links back to what you were saying earlier about um, defining what your version of success looks like. Because when you understand what the success that you're striving for looks like, because that is more likely to be a feeling than a checklist. And at that stage, you can go, right, okay, so this is what I want my business to feel like. How can I start emulating that feeling now? And it could be, you know, putting boundaries in place so that you don't take calls the same week. Or it could be, you know, that you decide that you're not going to do an email newsletter every week. You're going to do it once a month or once a quarter. It's like making those decisions so that you're already setting yourself up for the business that you want it to have. Absolutely. I think that's all part of sort of the manifestation of it, isn't it? It's like once you have the framework and the mindset things will fall into place and when they do you'll be ready for that yes yeah so fake it till you make it or act as it or whatever you want to call it like I think that is that's a solid way of doing it I would also love to talk a little bit about your business and how it's developed since you started so when you set out were you more of a generally I find that people start with the doing and then move more into the helping supporting and coaching side and it seems to be true across a variety of businesses so I'd love to hear how your services have kind of developed over time so I started off with solely social media management and I had the I always had the um, mindset to go down the coaching way but I had no idea what that would look like because a my confidence was very low back then and b I didn't know as much as I know now so I knew I wasn't ready to coach people it's you know I was I'd treat it as if I was like starting from fresh Um, and I needed I, I realized as well like one of the mistakes I'd made in the past was running before I could walk in like in every aspect I like to I'm not very patient with myself. It's like if I pick up like a sport I've never played before, I want to be good at it within five minutes. And if I'm not, it's almost like reassuring myself I'm not good. And it's, I've got my, you know, like we all have, I've got my own enemies, which are usually myself, me, myself and I. (laughs) So I think, yeah, confidence was always a huge thing for me. So I was like, right, I'm going to start with one thing and that is social media management. Um, and I even tried to branch out into website design and SEO and digit the whole digital marketing package and then realized, whoa, these are two completely different things. And I was like, no, nah. I realized how long a website takes to make. And I was like, I can't do both as one person. It's just no way. So then that was the plan was to do, I was actually originally called Aloha Digital Marketing. And I was trying to learn everything. And I realized 
again, it was a whole other ball game. So I was like, right, social media and digital marketing are actually quite separate, believe it or not. Social marketing merges into digital marketing, but it is actually a different ball game altogether. So I'm going to stick to what I know and work on it, which was very hard for me as someone who likes to do everything. <laughs> I just like stick to it. So I did. I stuck to it. I dedicated days to researching, to networking, and to to actually spending a day just for my business. Looking back, like I've got more clients now and I have more time available than I did back then when I felt like I had no time. So I think that's it's really weird. I think it's a sign that you just get better at it. And I was now I'm more organized. I have my tools in place. I have a structure. That was the main thing. When you don't have a full client list, you can't really have a structure. You don't know what that looks like yet. You don't have a schedule. You know, as the clientele grew, my my structure grew and evolved um, and everything just kind of fell into place. And then, well, with social media management, I realized I could only have a certain amount of clients per month before I had to close the book. So I was like, well, I, I can't just accept that I can only make that amount of money a month. I want to grow. I want to have some financial um, direction, you know, I want it to grow. And then I realized coaching was a great way to, as a side service to offer people when my books were full or when perhaps someone couldn't necessarily afford full on management, they could then take that option. So then the coaching was born. Um, and that was only born quite recently, really It's probably towards the end of, well, it was always there. No one really picked up on it. And I think that's my fault. I didn't really market it. With coronavirus, I wanted to be very sensitive to people. And I'm not a very good seller, to be honest. <laughs> I'm terrible at saleswomen. I like, ask anyone. I, I mean, I used to be a saleswoman for Sky, right? I used to knock at people's door. And I'd just be like, can I have a cup of tea? I've been walking around for hours. I would actually sell the damn thing. So, you know, eventually, I think I just waited. I My personal strategy is to wait for people to need me that's just what I'm comfortable with. And it might mean I'm a few years behind, but if that works for me, that works for me. And it works for the kind of clients I've attracted. Um, so that, I, I look at the two sides of, of my business, really. And then the final option, which I only brought in, I think the end of 2020, was the pay-as-you-post. So another, it was like another service. I realized my coaching was getting full and I was like, right, what else can I introduce? And I was like, right, a flexible affordable um service that people can just literally as it says on the tin pay as you post so whatever if they needed one post now and then bam you know here it is you can just contact me and i'll get it done for you and you know it might be people only need one post every now and then to just give it a boost and i can put that together for them oh perfect so it's almost like you your services have developed as both the need from your clients and your confidence has grown which i think is a wonderful way of naturally evolving yeah, definitely. Like this time last year, I'd be like, oh, I can't take new clients. I don't know how. I don't know what. What would I do? Um, and I think it's the 10,000 hour rule, isn't it? Like the more you do something, the more, the better you get at it. Um, and I think one of the things I had to face was also facing those insecurities head on and just doing it and having a word with myself. Again, there's no one there in your team to have a go at you. It was about me taking myself aside and going, just do it. <laughs> Like, it's really not that, like, I'd sort of be like someone else just going, look, it's really not that hard. Just apply yourself and do it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, the, yes, those conversations I've had, if I've been in the throes of like an afternoon pity party for whatever reason. <laughs> oh yeah. And you're sat there and you're feeling miserable and you can hear your brain screaming at you. And it's like, if you just, if you just 
do the thing one step at a time and do it consistently, you'll be fine. But because you're throwing this pity party for yourself, I'm going to caveat that with saying it is absolutely okay to embrace the emotions if you're feeling down about your business. Like I'm not sitting here and saying that you every day is going to be wonderful because it won't be. There are ups and downs, but it's the action that we take from it. If you need to rest, rest. If you are just wallowing and allowing yourself to wallow and you're okay with that, fine. But if you're wallowing and you're like, actually, this isn't helping, this is hurting, that's when you can have a word with yourself and just go, you know what, let's just let's just try because otherwise what's your alternative you just have to put yourself in that in those in your old person your old soul shoes and say like I set this all up because I didn't want to go back and you know there is always the thing at the back of my mind it's like worst case what's the worst case that can happen I'll go and work for someone else it's not the end of the world so there's that pressure even though that's not the mindset I necessarily should have it's it takes the pressure off and making it work because I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't have a, a crystal ball. I don't have psychic powers that can guide me forward. I don't know. So all I can do is concentrate on now, concentrate on tomorrow and make the best of it. And that's I think anyone can ask of themselves. Absolutely. And I think there's two very important things there. One is very few things in this world when it comes to business and career are irreversible. You can always, if you wanted to go and get another job, you could get a part-time job. You could get a three-month contract. You could do anything to kind of give you that space that you need or that financial stability for a few months. Like, There's no shame in any of that. You do what you need to do. And I guess the other point is that, you know, people do fail all the time and it's okay. It's okay to fail. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, I love, I don't like necessarily hearing success stories. I like to hear fail stories sometimes because I'm like, okay, they've gone on to do other things. And I know from seeing particularly my dad, I mean, my God bless him. Like he's tried so many different things. Unfortunately, none of them worked, but he's tried them all and he's got, good bit of experience behind him and now we settled for a quiet life um but you know he doesn't have any fantastic career but he's got a lot of stories to tell and he's failed and he succeeded in small doses but you know it made me realize what is the worst that can happen yes it's your dream it's your baby but sometimes things are outside of our powers yes i believe if you give it 110 percent, then that's you can't ask any more of yourself yeah Absolutely. And you can only do what's within your control. But if it is within your control, you can do it. Exactly. And I bit like a big believer as well, like in adapting and embracing. So whenever there's change, um, embrace it. Give it a hug. Be like, what can I do now? You know, like even if you're like with with I think the pandemic has opened up all of those avenues. And actually, same with me. I was trying, I was experimenting with workshops and charging people tickets to those. And then some of them worked, and then they kind of fizzled out towards September last year because I think everything kind of went back to normal. Um, or people just didn't like me anymore. But it's you know, I tried different things, and I think you've got to try things, even if you're a physical business or service, you can do something online. I guarantee it. There's something you can do and make a bit of a few extra bucks in between with social marketing is one of the things I love doing is that I can work with these businesses to get them through a hard time and say, look, let's do a live stream. Let's do something to get you out there. There's so many ways. Or let's do a workshop. I do even, I do cover things like that um, and can guide them with those things. I love that. I think it's brilliant. I think that your adaptability and yeah, again, it, it all comes back to that flow. Like 
yeah. it's just what I think of when I think of you Yaz it's just everything seems to flow <laughs> I describe it well I, I came up with this analogy and forgive me if this comes out completely wrong but I was like right it's like something in the waves in the ocean right if you're a pebble or something being taken by the waves you just you just let it carry you wherever you're going and if you try and resist it you know there's going to be turbulence so I'm like right I'm just going to go with the flow I'm just going to go with the waves and just see what happens and just keep ad- adapting what else can you do can't stand I don't want to stand still and I don't want to resist it so I'm going to try and get forward brilliant I think that that's a really wonderful message for any businesses out there who are feeling like they're being a bit swept up at the moment because I think we can all feel like our feet have been pulled out from under us but you know trust in yourself you started your business because you believed you had something in you that could make a difference so just keep coming back to that but I sell with the passion I was passionate about small businesses having worked for lots of independent people throughout my life um, and worked for the the bigger guns as well. I had the privilege of understanding both what I liked and didn't like about them. And I, my heart was always with small business owners. That's why like at the start, a lot of people had to go at me for my price points because <laughs> they're like, you're too cheap. Like, I was like, all right then. So, you know, and that is also a big thing with confidence. Your price changes with your confidence. And that's yeah. another one. I, what I set out to charge, I would have to have, 100 clients a month to like to actually make it successful or consider it worth doing to be honest so I you know you have to think in quantities at a certain point which is really hard I actually have a hard time charging people anyway because I really enjoy it I know you are in business and it is okay to make money <laughs> um so you know again that's also outside your comfort zone sometimes but I've you know so that's evolved too and part of that was the admission that I was charging too less how do you approach that with the client current clients you have and you know it's but I love it like every step and every chapter you you move on to has its own challenges there's no one challenge throughout your whole journey it will change and I think if it doesn't change something's very wrong there if you know what I mean like if you're not evolving you're not being challenged then something's wrong yeah absolutely I completely agree with all of that and I think that it's wonderful to see how your business has progressed Cool. So I'd love to talk a little bit around kind of your business branding and your marketing, because I feel like for any listeners out there who aren't familiar with you and your business, I feel like when we start talking about your business kind of feel, your branding and your business name, it's really going to make them see how it all comes together, if that makes sense. So with your business name, how did you how did you choose that? How how did you come to that decision? Oh well firstly it's really nice that all of that is just really nice to hear because I don't have a clue sometimes. I'm just like I'm again going with the flow. If it makes sense, it makes sense. So it's good to hear that feedback for a start. It's always like um it always helps your confidence when you hear <laughs> things that things are making sense. My whole theme, my business theme is obviously based around the ocean which is so broad um, and there is a meaning behind it but the word aloha like don't ask me I don't even it's so random when you look back and you think like how did I why did I choose that but I wanted something that was about me I love Hawaii don't ask, I've never been to Hawaii I've I just have this dream or this picture that it's my dream paradise. It's my paradise. It's my dream place to go. One day I will get there and actually experience it. And I'm God, I will document it for everyone to see. But um, for now, I was just like, the, the name Aloha just flowed really nicely. I was like, Aloha, like it's friendly, it's warm. It reminds you of the ocean. It reminds you of paradise. 
And I think with every, even my creative projects in the past, it's always been about escapism and bringing, taking people somewhere else where it's a happy place. And Hawaii, even though it's in my mind right now, is my happy place. Full of nature, full of oceans, paradise, good weather, the sun, everything that brings you closer to nature. So I've just kind of bundled that into my business branding, I think. I love that. And I think that it just, because Aloha is, it's a greeting as well, isn't it? Exactly. I thought it was a really nice opener, line opener, you know, um, and it's a bit different as well. And I couldn't see anyone else called Aloha Social Marketing. So that was good. I think there is like one other, there is a digital marketing company called Aloha somewhere in the world, I think. But but apart from that, it seemed like a pretty safe choice. Just kind of came to, came to me. I Yeah, I love that. I think that your business name works. It was like knowing you as a person and knowing you as a business owner, because I think I was more familiar with your business first and then met you. And I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> really good. Um, so when it comes to your branding, like your visual identity and your website and everything like that, was that something that you invested in early on? Was it something that you created yourself? I'd love to hear kind of how you came up with the visual side of your brand. So actually what you see today isn't what I started with, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners will be very familiar with, with their own journey. What I started off with was completely different. It was trying to be more corporate because I think I was still in my corporate mindset and I was trying to be, trying to take out the personality. And then I start like, so basically it was all very kind of pastels. There wasn't really a picture of me. It was more of an agency feel. And then I realized actually I want to just be me. And I only discovered that avenue really through networking with other businesswomen and business groups and I we were all you know we'd meet up and we talk about it virtually about you know our businesses and giving each other ideas and someone was like yeah you know don't don't take the personality away put it in there no one knows who you are yet so put it in there and then if they don't like it you can go back the other way but um so I gave that a go and I just I think very gradually and honestly with a few takes on the website I do it all myself by the way so I although I love to support other business owners I was able to do it myself so I did otherwise I probably would have preferred to give it to someone else to 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 lovingly create but I was designed you know I was wanting to go down the design route of websites so I started off with my own it was my own little um, experiment and I do my own SEO and everything like that and I that was really important to me to understand and do that myself because I'm in that industry so I did want to learn to do it I have then um, since then paid someone to do that on a one-off and then I'm able to now do that myself but that was all me I invested again my time into into that but it has definitely evolved I think I did a branding workshop last May and that was when I realized, I, again, I didn't have a brand strategy whatsoever. I was just like, yeah, that looks nice. Um, that looks like nice as well. And so of that brand strategy, she gave out a free guide to branding and how you should approach it and what actually makes a brand strategy so that it is consistent. So that's when the kind of aloha that you see today was began actually then from that point on and the website now again I changed it last night like the color schemes I'm still working it out but the the foundation of the brand is 100% there now and I can build on that before I kind of was a bit like trying different things and again I think that's so important as a new business you have to try things out I didn't really know what was me as a business owner to be honest for the first six months so I think, and I think that's, that's completely normal if anyone else is feeling that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's 
so common. I'm sure you found that with your clients. They're probably like midway through. They're like, actually, I probably need a brand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, I don't, I, when I started, I started working with startups more than anyone. Whereas now I tend to work with businesses that are about 18 months to two years, because that seems to be the sweet spot when they're like, right, I've gone through several iterations, probably more changes than I ever will in the next five to 10 years of my business. Yeah. Now I'm ready for that brand because I understand who I am within it just like yourself. And honestly, that timeline, I really feel that timeline, that 18 months to two years is true across all industries, all businesses. Exactly. Product businesses get there a little bit quicker, I think, because they feel like they have to, whereas services where it's much more personal, it takes that little bit of time. When you landed on your branding and you kind of ditched the corporate, which again is very common that when we come out of corporate, we try and remain and hold on to those those professional in air quotes. Yeah. Professional roots because we want to be taken seriously, even though we will be with our own personalities. But when you ditch the corporate and embrace that kind of more natural feeling within your visual brands did you find that 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 had an impact on your either your success or your mindset because I'd love to hear the role that the brand actually played within how you felt in your business I think it definitely a bit of both definitely a bit both I just felt like everything came together again like one of those light bulb moments I was just like oh everything looks like it's making sense to me now like this is me this is my business we've come together and made a business baby like (laughs) so and then I you know with even with social marketing though as well like that took a while to to actually come into fruition as well so I think if anyone's part of that evolution is thinking your social media will evolve too basically it's going to take time for you to find your feet on a social marketing level too because I started off and I knew very well that I couldn't go in like artwork 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 here's information 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 I know I needed to kind of charm people a little bit so I went into the the I went to social media with like Um, pictures and lots of photos of what I was doing behind the scenes it looked a bit naff but I knew what I was doing I knew I just had to begin at that point and eventually when I got that following up I could do what I wanted with with my feed now it's kind of at that second stage I would say you'll see that if you scroll all the way down there's more pictures and photos whereas now there's actually artwork in place because I feel like I kind of do need to get all this information across. There's only so many photos of myself I can put out there. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, so that's, um, I'm so sorry. I've completely gone off topic. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. This is all about you, Yaz. You know, talk about what you will. <laughs> but, but yeah, in a nutshell, basically, yeah, uh, mindset completely changes with, with your business as well. You just feel more confident when people approach you. You just feel like you know what to say, you know how to say it. Um, you have a structure in place as well. Um, I just feel like everything, the foundation is never to be underestimated. Having a foundation to everything and even a framework just and filling in the middle gaps will just, I think is the, is a great strategy to have as a business when you start out. Yeah. I think that that's, I think the foundation point is one which in small business, because I was always a firm believer that you needed to start with the foundations. And I do still believe that. However, I also know that it's not very practical. And the way that I think about it is kind of like, you start off with like, maybe a bit of swampy ground where you're trying to work out where you are and how you stand on your own two feet and how you find your path. 
and then that's absolutely fine. And then you build your foundations kind of not on top of the swamp because that's just poor planning, but you build your foundations later and that's where you already have a good sense of self yeah, because you've already experienced like that first stage of your business, like you were saying. And, you know, we do go through seasons with our businesses. Um, I did an episode with Amy Quo about positioning your brand towards the end of last year. And she was talking about the different seasons and like you plant the seeds in one season for your business and it may feel a little bit thankless, but you've got to have that trust that you keep on going so that the next season of your business, you can see, you can like reap the rewards of what you've planted. You know, well, that's such a great way of putting it. And it's the same with sort of planting all these social marketing seeds and putting yourself out there. It's the same thing, like seeds that I sowed like last year are only just coming into fruition now and that people are starting to approach me. Um, and equally nurturing those relationships. You know, I've got a couple of fans that have been following me from the very beginning. And I'm like, you know, we never met. But like, you know, always comments on my story. And I'm always very grateful to anyone. Like every comment, every person that follows me, I'm like, wow. I actually like that means so much to me. So it's not about quantity. It's about what you get in return from that. And, and actually and like trusting in the in the process and investing in that time. And just knowing at some point, you if you work your socks off, something has to happen. <laughs> like no one's ever, nothing's ever come from not working hard, is it? Or so, you know, you just know whatever it is, it's going to, something will happen for you. Absolutely. And I think the last question that I've got for you today is around marketing, because I find this one fascinating. What is your most effective or your favorite, you can pick which one, um, favorite method of marketing for your business? Oh my God, that's so hard. Um, So do you mean like in social media forms? In any form, any format, because I love the listeners hearing just the sheer variety of ways that you can market your business. So yeah, either which one's been the most effective for your business or which one you prefer. Oh, it's so hard. So usually when I post a picture, if I have something quite deep and meaningful to say, I'll post a picture of my face or like me, like a professional Photoshop to cap, because I know, like I said before, photos perform much better. So I usually, if I've got something deep and meaningful to say, or if it, even if it's a promotional style post, I'll have a picture of me there because it will perform better and people will just like click onto it more not just because it's me by the way not being up myself but just <laughs> I like using my face <laughs> just the fact there's a person do you know what I mean like there's a person behind the business I find people really respond well to that so I feel like okay if we know photos work put the important things you want to say um in a caption on that and that includes every platform by the way not just not just Instagram it's LinkedIn um yeah. obviously not Pinterest maybe Pinterest strategy is completely different it's more like taking it like Pinterest by the way works really well for me because you can share tips but it is a little bit more time consuming for not as much return you can't engage with the people that engage with you as well as you can on Instagram so I just find where my where I sort of focused on Instagram more than everything else things started to happen Instagram works for me I also love the stories I love creating stories like Although they take a lot of time sometimes, even if it is just here's my desk, you know, it's still picking up the phone, doing it and then putting it back down again and continuing on. But those worked really well. And I've noticed that um, the more I do them, the more people engage with me, they get to know me a bit better. 
Um, and the, the engagement, the reach goes up on my post too. So the stories 100% work for me. And they don't have to be fancy. I used to do really fancy artwork style posts to add to my highlights because I wanted it to be quite informative. Then I kind of reversed it and went, now nah, I'm just going to go all authentic, show people what's going on behind the scenes. So I feel like sharing my desk, sharing what my morning looks like or my habits um, in story format just worked really really well for me um and recently like I said the transition on my grid has moved from photos to kind of more of a you can see now there's an aesthetic strategy going on there so every other post is a photo um and then vice versa with an artwork um and I'm trying different things with the artwork posts they don't always perform well and it's really annoying because they got some really good tips in there um so I'm trying different things like I tried a video recently of a wave crashing so I'm trying to bring a lot more focus onto the ocean, um, and which is part of me. So I'm trying to bring together my brand with my marketing now a bit better. Now I've got a solid foundation there to do so. So pictures of wave, you know, you start to see waves a lot more. You start to see videos of waves, ocean, sea turtles, whatever it is. You start seeing it more on my feed, basically. And it, that's more of a brand thing. Uh, but then I'll bring myself back every now and then just to remind people I'm a person, not a, not a mermaid. I love the fact that you have basically cited one platform as both your favorite and most effective, but using different areas of it. Exactly. There's so much on there. I could like, I honestly believe if I only had that one profile to manage and my efforts were spent there, I think that it would grow a lot faster than it has. Like it's taken, again, not looking at the followers, but it's taken, because I see each follower as a connection, not a follower. So for me, having a thousand followers is like having a thousand connections. I like to think I know most of them as well. So every time someone follows me, I actually know who they are. Like I look onto them because it gives me an idea of who I'm attracting. And I can also tell if they're just following me for a follow back. <laughs> nothing in common, like nothing. So I'm like, you know, I can tell um, people's habits now as well from that. Interesting. Like seeing the matrix. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I know what you're doing. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, no, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Yaz. I mean, the last bit that I always ask my guests is um, if you could share one piece of advice from your business journey to our audience today, what would that be? Um, Trust the process. 100% trust the process. Trust in that if you're doing the right steps, like you're networking, you're learning. Like I said, education is a huge one. Never stop learning. I actually dedicate an afternoon every week for webinars and research because I have to, I have to stay up to date. If I don't have the knowledge, I can't pass that on to other people. So 100% trust the process, do all the right things and just know that one day it will come into fruition and just be patient. I wish someone had told me, trust the process when I first started because I was like oh am I doing it right am I not doing it right? there's no right answer just do whatever you think is going to move your business forward um, and things will happen eventually it might again we go back to marketing the same thing it might not be for another six months or so but it will happen for you yeah it's absolutely it's such a key point and it's it's so difficult and so easy because <laughs> all you need to do, At the same time, yeah yeah absolutely all you need to do all you need to do <laughs> is carry on doing what you're doing consistently in a way that you are enjoying and feels good for you in your business. And then the trusting part is the bit where it's like, you just need to keep going. <laughs> it's hard. And like you said, with the lows, like 
it, I mean, God, I have days, and it's really actually difficult. I've been trying to get my head around this. I have days where I reach mental exhaustion because I'm I'm literally what well, I work, I know that. And I'm going back to my old habits here, and I probably need to like nip that in the bud, but I'm working constantly. Like I try and move like maybe an hour a day and I don't even get to do that nowadays and I'm like oh it's fine I'll just move tomorrow I'll I'll get up I'll get up to go to the loo that's my exercise um but it's not healthy um but also I get days where I am mentally absolutely exhausted and I just feel like I, I can't even open my eyes so I need to sometimes accept that like you said there's a day they're going to be days where you can't actually function I mean it's normal right Something that I've started incorporating into my calendar, and I've shared this tip with a few people actually, so I'm happy to share it with you and the listeners. Please, I have started scheduling in uh, what I will politely refer to as buffer times, which I put in my calendar as shit happens hours. Throughout the week, just because if something overruns, if I need a bit of time, if I have um a client come to me and say oh my goodness I really need support with this immediately whatever it is because you know Monday our router went down we had to reset the password and I had an hour and a half where I couldn't work because all of my work that day was based online yeah and it shit happens but exactly shit happens but I had these buffer times booked in throughout the week because you know I'm recording a lot of podcast episodes I've got client work and strategy sessions all over the place um but having that time that I can use to either catch up or to rest because that's okay too in in addition to my lunch break waving my pen at you (laughs) like having that buffer in my day and it doesn't have to be a lot like I think I put in like two half hours one three quarters of an hour and like one an hour and a half like yeah across the week and then it just means that I, I've got that flexibility, but my calendar is still full. Yeah, that's that, and that's scary, isn't it, though? When you look at it and you're like, oh, it's full, but like, well, I could just do that to make my life easier for next week. That's my mindset, is, is that I'm like, right, next, I could do the extra work now or make a headache for myself in a bit. So when I'm like having those down days, I call them, or days where I just like, just a bit mentally like exhausted, my brain is telling me I need to switch off because I clearly haven't switched off for a while. I try and take like 20 minute naps. So I take them like once every blue moon, but that 20 minute nap is the perfect amount of time. If anyone's looking for a quick energy boost, that is perfect amount of time to reset that mind that your, your brain um, I, means you don't fall asleep um, necessarily. You're still quite conscious. So you don't go into that deep sleep mode, um, but then you wake up feeling refreshed like meditation as well. It's really, really good. So it's a perfect amount of time um, to refresh the bun and it's doable. So if you do feel like you need to lie down and you don't want to feel guilty about it, have a 20-minute cat nap. Just literally close your eyes for 20 minutes. I also highly recommend just watching something like the funniest thing you can find. Friends and The Office. <laughs> <laughs> literally, like even if you're just scrolling through cat memes on Reddit for like half an hour. Or TikTok, you know, if, if you... TikTok's great for that. Like, you know, just want a quick bit of light humor, a bit of an escape from what you're doing. If you want to have a, if you literally want to have a laugh, if you are feeling that pressure and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling frustrated, for me, laughter just helps. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good in my soul and it's good exercise or some crap like that. So, <laughs> good session. 
<laughs> but you know I do find that it helps because if I nap I'm just <laughs> if I nap I'm out I mean come on I know, that's the problem and that's I why I like all the time but now I'm just like no <laughs> I know you can't let yourself but then even that in itself is exhausting so you're like you're stopping you you know you have to listen to I think as a business owner you also have to listen to yourself listen to your body because it's only you and you um and yes we sit down a lot of the day but we're also on a screen all the time, which is quite mentally draining. Um, and there is such thing nowadays as um, online fatigue. Like there's a thing since lockdown, people are starting to get dizzy, vertigo. So it's so important. Like usually I wear glasses as well when I'm at my computer because I'm like, right, I'm not 25 anymore. My eyes are going to go and they're going to... Uh, <laughs> wiggling my glasses at Yap. Yeah, my invisible glasses. I'm not 25 anymore right here. <laughs> oh, no, I think I've aged like five years. Although because of lockdown, I'm no longer 30. Uh, like I'm 31 next month. Oh my God. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like, no, I'm still 29 because I haven't had a birthday celebration for like two years now. So... <laughs> Like I was going to correct you, but I'm I'm down with this. Like I'm just holding my age. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> back to business. Yeah, back to the podcast. Um, cool. So we've yeah we've wrapped up everything there. I think trust the process is a brilliant piece of advice to end on. So where can the listeners find more about you online? So I um, would like to take everyone to my website because it's got everything on there. So if you head to www.alohasocialmarketing.com, everything is on there. Plus, you can sign up for a free um, content ideas calendar. Um, And also what's new is a strategy content strategy uh, guide. So if you sign up, you can grab one of those. And no, I do not send you an email every two days um it's usually about once a month <laughs> um so I promise it's not anything like that I just genuinely want to help people but yeah head there and you can find all my socials um and Pinterest pins and everything else that goes with that brilliant thank you so so much as I've had like an absolute blast learning about you and your business well thanks so much for you know having this space for us to talk about it it's nice to be able to celebrate certain aspects and look back and things it's part of the process so and listeners I hope that you've enjoyed the podcast as well and learned a huge amount from yet another fantastic brand story and if you are enjoying the podcast can I ask that you just tell one other person about it because the recommendations really do help the podcast to grow And then I can continue bringing you all these wonderful guests every Tuesday and Thursday. So all of the links to Yaz's channels and to our communities on Instagram and Facebook will be in the show notes as always. And then I hope to see you there so we can continue these conversations in the brand lounge. 